Welcome back, folks. This is Black Hoodie Alchemy, and I'm your host, Anthony Tyler. But we're about to switch things up a little bit. You see, I was actually uh, roped into some stuff right before I had to record this interview. I got mixed up in some sweet action and excitement and adventure. Something similar to like a Die Hard movie or uh, like a really, really cheesy Michael Bay film. It was awesome for me, uh, but I, I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't able to record this interview myself. Uh, Justin filled in for me, my homie Justin Otto, and he he was able to talk with this this very interesting person that reached out to me by the name of Tippy Patson. Now, Tippy is what you might call a very typical Florida man, but he has some very interesting ideas about American trucker culture and how it might not be so modern, how it might actually be far more ancient than any of us care to believe. And if that all sounds like a bunch of gibberish to you, I invite you to hear Tippy out. He makes some interesting points, points that you probably would not expect any person to make. So we're going to do that. That'll be about a half hour, then we'll roll into the break and I'll come back at you with some more bullshit. Does that sound good? Alright, I hope you dig it. Here it is. Justin Otto here filling in for Anthony Tyler. He's uh, unfortunately unavailable at the moment. He said something about D.B. Cooper and cashier's checks. I'm not, I, I have no idea what's going on. So anyway, he put me in charge of this um, while he's out solving fucking Hardy Boy mysteries or something. And I've got a special interview for you today. I got a really crude letter in the mail um, CC'd to me from Anthony, but originally from Tippy Patson. It's pretty hard to read, honestly. Uh, it's actual mail. It's not even an email for some reason. He's the only person in the world that's. Well, they're just quick notes, you see. I didn't mean them to be like full, full on paragraphs now. It's just like talking points, you know, something to like catch your eye, get you a little jazzed about the conversation, I guess. It probably would have helped to lead with that introduction rather than just sending me a list of crazy shit but we, we'll go with it we'll go with it so let's uh let's let's yeah. hit some of these talking points mountain dew what do I, what what exactly did you mean by that i just puzzling well you see um mountain dew uh i'm very fascinated with um the uh the ancient alchemists and you see if you look into the uh the dang old um uh, archaeology of it all um uh, you know, you see all these phallic objects and, and these, uh, these objects that look like vaginas and it's, uh, it's supposed to be very sacred, but people don't understand that first and foremost, those were not sexual organs. Those were, uh, NASCAR ovals and NASCARs. 
and um mountain dew is actually uh there's 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 evidence in sumerian texts and there's uh evidence there's egyptian hieroglyphs of uh mountain dew being um mountain dew and bud light being very holy sacred elixir like alchemical elixirs if you will to the egyptians yes are you saying that the egyptians held ancient nascar races where they sold mountain dew and bud light uh that is affirmative um and it was part but it, see it wasn't for the public this is what they were doing in their um mystery rites these are the sacred ancient mysteries of antiquity and these were these were the rites of the pyramid priests and this is how they were getting into their trance states and doing their divinations and you see, am I explain things a little more? Um, I'm a part of sort of like a, a league of extraordinary gentlemen sort of, uh, coalition. Uh, and it's two other, two other fellas. Uh, and, uh, one of them, is, his name is Randy Stemp and he is sort of our resident paranormal investigator. Um, but he was not me talking about him a whole bunch. Maybe y'all can talk to him at some point. Um, Bob Jones is my other affiliate. And y'all might be able to talk to him at some point, but he don't talk so good, you uh, see. That's an interesting name, Bayou Jones. Yeah, well, you see, he lives down at, see, I'm from the Funiac Spring here on the pan, the Florida Panhandle. Hmm. And, and, uh, you invite him, uh, your, your host who is unavailable right now, who sounds like a really cool dude. Um, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. I, I wish he could have been here. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate. Hopefully I can meet him at some point, but, um, he invited me to come out here to Pensacola, but my friend Bob Jones lives out in the Everglades. Mm. Um, and see, he actually got lost out there a time, one time, and, um, he had, had no provisions and he didn't have anything to eat or drink. And so he just found some, some mushrooms out there. Now, I don't know if these mushrooms were lion's mane or they were blue oyster or chaga, but they, he said they were, they were very filling and, um, that uh dang old it gave him a very clear head uh clear enough to hear the thoughts of them gators out there and and he said a clear day those gators looked at him and they they done looking their lips and they told him we are actually the this is gonna sound crazy now but you gotta you just gotta hear me out there's a lot of evidence for this okay okay um that these gators in the florida everglades are the illuminati reptilians and you see, they do a bunch of them that shape shifting and they, uh, when they go covertly to the Florida Everglades to con, it's like a vacation thing and they go and they sacrifice children and, and then it's just, uh, that sounds like a lovely time. Yeah. So my buddy, um, uh, Bio Jones, he, he made it out of the, uh, uh, he found his house, his little cabin out there. He made it back and he, he, uh, decided from from there on out that he was going to be hunting them gators in the everglades uh to save human humankind from the illuminati and we've caught like tw 12 but this is their whole family it's not just head members of the illuminati so there's a lot of gators out there we, we caught 12 gators so far i think that's a damn old good start i think that's a pretty good start that's pretty fascinating so you're telling me that there's an ancient rite of Illuminati alligators. Yeah, that is correct. You know, I'd suspected that for a while, and you just confirmed my beliefs. That's what, yeah, yeah, there's too many of them gators here, 
uh, out there in the Everglades to be just a coincidence. They do seem to be quite collected there. I think there's quite a few of them. Uh, so is, is that all that your, your League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type organization does? No. Well, see, that's just the beginning. And that's one of my friends who's out there doing that. And I go and I, I, I help with resources and, um, strategizing. And I go out there in the Everglades with them sometimes. But see, I also see what I do is I'm sort of the mystic. I'm like a 16th Cherokee. And so I sort of have mystical blood in me and, um, you know, I look a lot into the esotericism of it all and the symbolism. And like I said, the NASCAR ancient, ancient, right. Uh, no, it, especially for the, the Egyptians. Now in the, uh, the, uh, Eleusinian mysteries, you see, they dang old, they had this, this dancing chick, you see, she was called the Oracle of Delphi. And, uh, now she, she was actually a lot lizard. Uh, the, 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 the text shows if you translate it properly. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you see, ancient trucker, American trucker culture is ancient. That's fascinating. It's ancient and alchemical. And you see, there's Sumerian text out there. The first ever written text in human history is, uh, Sumerian text on ways to rations to hand out beer to uh, servants uh, or slaves or something like that. I don't know. They were doing hard work. They didn't get the Bud Light though. That that was no. Well, no. But see that. But um, they were getting beer, and um, they were they wouldn't hand Bud Light to peasants. But no. that's how they first found out how to get the peasants drunk was they start brewing ancient the, the holy elixir of Bud Light. See, Mountain Dew and Bud Light, they're different, but they're they're both considered alchemical elixir, like the holy elixir. Now are they sacred on their own or do you have to combine the two? And do you have to combine the two internally or could you combine them externally and then consume that elixir? There's a whole lot of a debate out there. Um I'm of both schools of thought, I think that both Mountain Dew and Bud Light are equally important to the ancient American trucker culture throughout time and space. So they're cohesive. One doesn't work without the other. They're kind of like the yin and yang. In fact, I do. That's one of my theories is I think that the Mountain Dew is uh, is the, the, the yang and Bud Light's the yin, you see. Okay. Yeah. Dang old. You know, there's actually a Japanese text. Uh, Lao Tzu spoke of Mountain Dew. <laughs> Shit, that, that, that's what I'm talking about, boy. See, you just, you just blew my mind right there. Dang old. See, I'm gonna have to take a note of that right there. Now, but we gotta talk about Henry Ford. You see, because the thing that Bud Light and Mountain Dew help us get is fossil fuels. It's a 40 hour work week. To get, yeah, well, I guess you could look at it that way. But what I'm getting at here, buddy, is fossil fuels. Okay. All right. Like, um, just, just combustible fuels in general, like propane and other gases and, uh, just gasoline. Um, all this is thanks to Henry Ford throughout time and space. See, Henry Ford is a multi-dimensional time traveler. Um, and he has, he's had many, many, uh, reincarnations and one of them was Jesus Christ. So I am a Christian, but I also think that Henry Ford and Jesus are one and the same. You see, 
Do you have any evidence to substantiate these claims? It's all in revelations, man. It's all there. There's that redheaded dragon and and things that descend upon the people. And uh, uh, there's there's evidence to suggest that Henry Ford was in the redhead. So, um, I mean, that doesn't seem too far off. No, see, dang, oh, that's what I'm telling you, boy. Um, people are just gonna say that I'm just making making shit up, but uh, this is all highly researched material. Okay, and and see the fossil fuels. It, see, d- 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 people don't know this. Okay, but um, the ancient Greeks were actually using um. Uh, propane and propane accessories for their divination purposes. I heard that they, they that was actually an aspect of the Oracle of Delphi. Yeah, yeah that's what I was saying, boy. You, she was getting real high off them propane fumes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's the whole thing, and and uh, Delphi was the stop for uh, a lot of people on their ancient trucker pads. Now, back in the day, they had them Flintstone cars, and they were just they were just running around, but they were still trucking. What kind of wheels did they have to uh, to accommodate for the the loose sand of the desert? It, it was just their feet, boy. They were just running away in them car, them Flintstone cars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the, the cars had wheels, right? Like, the, how did they accommodate for the sea? Have you ever? Uh, you're you're from Defuniac. Have you never taken a, a wheeled cooler onto the beach full of Bud Light and Mountain Dew? For oh, you a, know, brother. I knew you had. I could look at you and just tell. That's that's, that's a Sunday afternoon there, boy. That's how I worship. You see what I'm saying? Now, NASCAR you, and Bud Light and Mountain Dew. Like any good American. As one does, sir. America. So, so did you guys have anything to do with blowing up the Georgia Guidestones? Um, that wasn't, I'm going to be honest with you now. Uh, that wasn't me directly, nor was it any of my affiliates, but we do know who did it. And So you're saying Randy Stamp is on the case? He is yeah, our resident paranormal expert. He's got all the details on it, and y'all should probably get a hold of him at some point, um, because I don't want to have loose lips now. Um, well, we'll get his contact active investigation and whatnot. We'll get his contact information before you leave. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. You will. I'll make sure that. Um, but you see, there's a lot of evidence throughout the Bible of um, Henry Ford being being uh, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and. Um, and see, but he's 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 not bound by time, so he's from the future and he's from the past, and he's in the present moment. So he's like Doctor Who. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's shoot, boy. Yeah, way to break it down for people out there. Yeah. Henry Ford is like a real life Doctor Who, and that's what I believe. And he was he's definitely Jesus. He might have been like Buddha and Osiris, or maybe one of them Norse gods. I don't I don't fully know. But, um, see, throughout Revelations, you hear about a big, hairy creature, and it's only if you translate it properly, mind mm. you. Um, but the translation from, from ancient Greek to modern day English leaves a lot to be desired. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest that Bigfoot is actually the Holy Spirit of Christian tradition. So Bigfoot's Henry Ford. No, no. See, you, you dang old Buddhist and you don't understand that the Holy Spirit is, it's the Holy Trinity. See, there's God and then there's Jesus and then there's the Holy Spirit. Aren't they all the same? Well, they're all aspects of a unison that comes out of the tree of life. Okay. Okay. So, so Bigfoot is the spirit 
Yeah. The Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he don't he don't like 5G, and that's why we don't see him no more. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, that's understandable. I mean, 5G, you know, uh, it does emit a fair amount of microwaves, so. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. Be, he could be uh, particularly sensitive to that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, I know, certainly, we, we don't see the skunk ape here in Florida near like we used to. No, we saw that Wi-Fi and 5G, and uh, see, th- this is what I'm saying, for the, for the combustible fuels sustain humankind and they have throughout history you understand what i'm saying to you boy i i think i'm picking up what you're laying now i'm not trying i'm just very passionate about this i'm Uh, not trying to get all worked up you see i can tell and dang old um and so henry ford making all them trucks see a ford f-150 is the pinnacle they're never gonna make anything better than that and i me and all my boys we got a ford f-150 you see because to me it gets everything done it's got the good mileage. You could put a lot of shit up in the back there. And it still kind of looks like a transformer. And we, we really like that about it. Mm. Aren't we all transformers? Well, not if you're talking about cars that turn into robots. Dang, old man, you're not even paying attention. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, my bad, Tippy. I think we got a little. I, so that, that's all right, man. I, no, no harm done now. But. You see, yeah, um, so you see NASCAR and combustible fuels is, uh, and huffing those combustible fuels is, it is a lot to do with ancient alchemy and hermeticism and them pyramid texts and them Eleusinian mysteries and all that, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, and I don't, I don't know if you know this, Justin Otto, but, um, the, um, them pyramids, you know, they mean they didn't even find the glass dang old pyramids off the coast of Japan there. Mm-hmm. And they're finding them all over the world. Even Indians were making mounds that were big and tall. Right. Yeah, there's still uh, one in Tennessee, the seventh largest pyramid in the world. Dang on, man. That's what I'm saying. And them Aztecs and the ancient Mexicans, they were stacking them bricks all the way up to the top of them and making themselves pyramids, too. Point being that all of these ancient cultures, they were using the pyramids to frack for fossil fuels. Oh, okay. So you're saying that the pyramids are actually pumping devices. Absolutely, brother. You understand what I'm saying, Dago. You get the picture. Okay. That ex- that explains the, yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then the propane devices and, and, uh, uh, them Flintstone cars and all that junk. Like, it's, it's all very esoteric and there's a lot of layers to right. it. Yeah. I, I think what's happening for me though is some confirmation bias. I think I want it to be true so badly that I'm believing it, but I, I really feel like we're going to need to see some more evidence to really substantiate some of these claims. Hey, I mean, I know you say they're in revelations, but we're going to have to actually open up the text at some point, maybe on another episode. I don't have a copy of the Bible around here right now because the last time I touched one, my hand burst into flames, but we can continue that at another time. You're you're creeping me out a little bit there. Oh, Are you serious? Oh, I mean, it happens. It happens. Well, it, it was a cursed Bible. I got it from from someone. Oh, whew. it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Who you scared me there, boy? I no. think I sit here crossing the devil himself. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Somebody mailed it to me. And oh I, man, I, I, we I, need to get a oh, good old Randy stamp on that for yeah, you. Probably. I get I get a lot of weird mail. You know, just hosting the podcast. People send me books and stuff, and uh, occasionally I get some weird occult items and you know demon boxes and wicker dolls and stuff. And was well, you see, I pull out my Bible right now. Um, just to like cleanse your space and all that, but 
I actually, I was eating a bunch of chili fries on the way over here while I was driving. Mm-hmm. I was also reading my Bible and drinking some Bud Light. And I was smoking a cigarette, you see. And as I, since I had the window rolled down, the Bible flew out the window. So, dang, oh, I don't have it right now. But I'm going to go get a copy after our conversation. So, maybe next time I come around here to Pensacola, we'll whip that out and we'll, we'll go through the text. That, that would be good. That would be good. But, you see, I, before you go, I just need everybody to know. I don't know if we're running out of time or whatnot here, but um, Elon Musk is the devil. The devil, you said. Yeah, he is the Antichrist. I can see that. Yeah. Um, it's all this electrical technology is bringing us away from the Holy Trinity of fossil fuels and, and Bigfoot and Henry Ford. And, and, and if you need any more evidence to suggest that, you just dang old go look at SNL. Elon Musk was not good on that. He was very unsatisfactory. I didn't see it, but, uh, I, he dang old dressed like Waluigi, and it wasn't even funny. I'll tell you what. Well, that's upsetting. That's upsetting. It was very, yeah, he did not do the character justice. I mean, a lot of people tune into that show, too. And that was just the final straw for me. Dang old, you don't disrespect Waluigi like that. Nor do you disrespect SNL. Nor do you disrespect Henry Ford and Fossil Fuels. Do you hear me? I'm very passionate about this. Elon Musk is just peeing all over the ancient rides of NASCAR and NASCAR tracks. Do you think the future of NASCAR is electric? <laughs> Boy, what kind of question is that? You dang old losing your goddamn mind over there. And, you know, all this stuff. I, I, in- I didn't I didn't say that it was. I was asking a question, Tippy. I'm sorry. I'm getting heated up now. Um. Um, see, that Bud Light. Yeah, well, and also, um, I've been smoking a lot of catnip lately because it's see, um, I've been having people been gang stalking me and beaming shit into my head, and um, the catnip kind of creates. See, people think it's tinfoil hats, but it's really catnip, and that kind of creates a barrier. And so I got this catnip spray. You can go to my website, tippypatson.edu.gov.slash backslash and one forward slash dot com and you could get some of that ca- that catnip spray and protect them all them illuminatis from getting in your brain but anyway so so people think that um um the middle east was like the beginning of the garden of eden or something like that but we all know from the paintings that jesus was he was very white and he was very blue-eyed yeah. and so evidence suggests that um, Detroit is actually the place of the Garden of Eden. That was the center, that the fertile center of all from which all humanity sprang. Detroit, and that's why Henry Ford went back there and made all them them factories and revolutionized transportation and alchemical processes as we know it. Because Henry Ford throughout time also discovered fossil fuels. If I'm not making that clear enough. It's just tragic seeing Detroit in the state that it's in, knowing the glory that it once had. It's because the devil has taken hold of America through Elon Musk. And you see, there's evidence for the devil throughout history, too. I'm pretty sure that Detroit was in a massive decline before Elon Musk. That is just... (laughs) Dang, old man. If you, you know, (laughs) if you really think like that, then... 
I just don't know what to tell you at this point. Well, I mean, history, you know, is written by the people that want to control us. So well, you see, the devil goes throughout time and changes things. He's also a time traveler. Since where all this Mandela effect is coming from, I saw, I saw that little basket in the, behind all them fruits on the underwear. And now that's gone. And you want to tell me that it wasn't in here to begin with? That is poppycock, boy. I, I remember that too. I do remember that, Tippy. That's accurate. I also remember a, uh, a Sinbad, uh, genie movie. I do remember that too. Dang, Sinbad. <laughs> shoot, boy. He's one of my dang old favorite comedians. I love Sinbad. Right, right. Yeah. He, uh, and I remember that movie. I'm surprised he didn't get canceled. No one can cancel Sinbad. He only get me started. I do love me some comedy. Um, and especially of the, the nineties variety. Um, who are some of your favorite 90s comics? Oh, dang old. Um, um, I really like Jerry Seinfeld. Some people <laughs> might call me, um, like a little bit of a contrarian for that. Hey, he's got witty observational humor. I do. I do love to, uh, commentary on, um, like the funny little things in life. Tell you what, cause it gets hard out there wrestling them alligators and hunting through all these ancient texts to try and find um, confirmation of the lifestyle that I'm living right now. Right. You use this word confirmation. Do you think maybe, as I mentioned earlier, that maybe you have a bit of confirmation bias and that you're seeing messages perhaps where they don't exist because you want to find them? Now, don't get too heated, Tippy. I know you. I know you can get worked up. I'm not trying to insult you. Oh, I, I, I appreciate that. I understand. I just want to get to the bottom. Of who Tippy is and Tippy's motivations. Well, you see, if, it would make a lot more sense if you understood or if you knew my daddy and my granddaddy. See, I'm Tippy, but uh, I come from a strong line of tips. Um, my my daddy was Tippy, and uh, my grandfather was Tippathia. Um, and the tips take things very seriously, and we do our research properly. Um, but there's also um, you need to know that in ancient Baghdad. Um, they were finding ancient electrical batteries. They were basically like batteries, you see. Right. And, um, they were, cre- they were conducting electricity. It just goes to show that, um, the devil has been, takes many forms. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that the devil comes from the Middle East exclusively. He comes from all over the world. He's a multidimensional time traveler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you could see electricity trying to thwart. Fossil fuels all throughout history. Them uh, dang old Baghdad batteries are just an example of that. And and then to me, when you look at Revelations and you look at um uh Bud Light and um Baghdad batteries and whatnot, um, it becomes increasingly clear that what we are looking at is oh some sort of some sort of um um point of of um um some sort of point of um intersection between um alchemy and American trucker culture. Mm. And it's undeniable. And the Illuminati is trying to take that away from us. Mm. So about Elon Musk, I have a question. Yeah, yeah. dang on shoot, mm-hmm. man. No, so so is he brought here by the devil or is he himself the devil? Well, see, there's a lot of people online that have been dang old talking about this, and we can't decide. 
You yeah. see, because I know a lot of people in a lot of high places, and we communicate about this stuff. This League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, right? You, so you said he's the Antichrist, but I, if I'm if I'm putting the pieces together from what you said, I think that Elon Musk built those batteries. Yeah, it, it is correct. So he's either uh, the devil himself, or he is an agent of the devil. But he's definitely devilish. Right. right. And it's the devil that's giving us this electrical information. Absolutely. That's why all these uh, all these uh, microphones in, in shaped like penises in my face is kind of new to me. Um, I'm, I had to smoke a lot of catnip before I came in here. Were you, were you nervous? I was very nervous. Is, yeah. it, is it about the microphone? Yeah. I've never had something so much like a penis so close to my face before. I'll tell you what. I find that hard to believe. Well, shoot, I mean, I mean, um, <laughs> shoot, yeah, yeah, you, you crazy boy, I'll tell you what. Well, you know, I, if, if there's anything I need a Daniel take away from this, it's that, uh, uh, we need to be killing a lot of them alligators out there. Mm-hmm. 12 is a pretty good start, but we need more people out in the Everglades wrestling gators. So we're, uh, officially recruiting. So you dang old, you go ahead and call me, go to my website, um, um, tippypatson, uh, dot edu dot gov dot, uh, forward slash backslash dot com. Right. Okay. And, uh, and you signed that paperwork saying that we are not liable for anything that should happen. And you get your dang old ass out to Florida Everglades, boy. So there is a release form involved. Okay, okay. So I'll send people your way, and I'll also send them uh, Anthony's way, and he can direct them to you. Shoot, that would be um, resplendent, boy, yeah. I'll tell you what. I just think the more channels of communication that we have open to get people in touch with you to handle this Illuminati problem in the Everglades, the better off we're going to be. See, because they got a lot of security around them when they're in their politician form. But when they're gators, it's just a bunch of gators and swamp around them. That's all there is to it. You just got to go in and... Get a little dirty, boy. I'm not sure which is more dangerous. I'm not sure which form is more <laughs> Wait, dangerous. Bayou Joe's called 12 or 10 of them, and I, I hope and catch two of them. So if you count maybe like each one of those catches as a half, since I help him catch it, I'll call like a whole gator. So I guess you're just out there doing the Ford's work. Ah, shoot, boy, you know it. I'm out there doing the Ford's work. And I tell you what, I like my Copenhagen strong, I like my Bud Light gold. I like my Mountain Dew fizzy, boy. Yeah, I can't imagine having any of those things any other way. And I love all my favorite people huffing gasoline and propane and and combustible fuels. Okay, well, I can't advocate that, but I maybe in in a, a ritual sense, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. See, when they were ta- they weren't taking any of these psychedelic chemicals out there when they're sacred rites. They were they were huffing gasoline. Because they were fracking it out of the pyramids. And, and, and all this information is available on your website, correct? Yes, yes. Go to tippypatsy.edu.gov uh, backslash forward slash dot com. All right. Well, thank you, Tippy. I appreciate you uh, driving all the way here from... Uh, yeah, Dango to Funiac Spring, boy. That's right. I'll yeah. Go. I can remember if you came from Mariana or not. Shoot, I love me to Funiac Spring, boy. It's a good old place where I just... I, I go hang out there... Um. It's kind of like the Everglades, nice and swampy. And I go and I shoot my gun targets that look like Joe Biden's face. And I shout, let's go, Brandon, all the time out there. And no one can uh, to tell me otherwise. 
and pretty much anybody's available to come and shoot Joe Biden. Anytime, face. anytime anyone wants to come <laughs> and shoot Joe Biden's face, um, staple to um, 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 a gun, sh- uh, a, a thing that you shoot your gun at, um, yeah, by all means, come out to, to Phoenix Spring and come meet me. All right. Well, thanks, Tippy. Thank you, boy. Justin Aldo, shoot. Dang old sweet, man. That was a fun old conversation. I tell you what. Y'all don't hear me if the war won't stop spinning and my fate won't stop. I get my dreams one patient knock. If a door to opportunity won't open, I'ma break the lock. Yeah, watch me as I take this spot, motherfucker. I work hard cause I lust to grind. Crack rhyme, I'm like a mad scientist. I'm in my fucking prime. My lab's running till the sun don't shine. Won't quit till I'm getting A-Rab money when I bust a rhyme. Every word is molded closely and honed and and exposed to the lead. So pro focus, you know I roll with the best. Slow in the head, you don't know what I said. Call that my dodge, I have flow when my Rhymes blew over your head, yes, but I'm not rapping for you, I'm not for Cheddar Black, please, this for me, I have to make two shots, the bastard that you rock will never pass me, lyrical clipper blatt will get around faster than Tupac, so who's hot, whoever that be, what the fuck is the toast that you pop, and them stack G's, I bet your pocket's empty as can be, y'all like toast, ain't tolerant of this bullshit, so you'll never have cheese, I'm like me, I'm not a fan, I'm a student, learn from with the best taught, so I can give a fuck what you said, dog. when death breaks me up and I'm dead and gone, I return as a guide and pick up where I left off But enough of that, you dogs say you never bark What the fuck is that? Nigga, shut your trap You lying, yes you would, cause you're all bark Like an oak tree and I'm a lumberjack with a fucking axe I just started, but I'm trying to blow To get my shine and glow So don't listen to my lyrics, nigga, snort that shit Cause every line is dope I swear I'm wondering success for my time to blow T-Rex Yeah That's what I do Listen, as we explore the mysteries of the universe, the unknown, high strangeness, consciousness, and our human potential, Lighting the Void is an eclectic program that strives to ignite the late night with stimulating conversations. Join us on The Fringe FM. Thousands of people are having paranormal experiences with ghosts, demons, shadow people, dogmen, Bigfoot, and more. Their stories need to be told, and they are being told. Dark Waters, the renowned storyteller, invites you to join at imdarkwaters.com. For just a few dollars a month, you can listen to some of the most hair-raising and compelling stories on the planet. You'll have access to real-life stories told by Dark Waters, thousands of hours of content. Their encounters are being told and told by the best at imdarkwaters.com. Listen to stories like The Rabbit Man, The Dog Man Encounter in Silas, Alabama, The Man with No Face, The Other Woman, A Day Ahead of the Devil, Dog Man Murder in Hurricane Ida, even a story of someone trying to kill a dogman. Louisiana Water Demon Stories. Sign up today and become a member at imdarkwaters.com. That's imdarkwaters.com. 
Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard, and they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. The Natural Born Alchemist podcast is a podcast that covers topics like alchemy, shamanism, psychedelics, anarchism, and philosophy. Join Alex, that's me, and a multitude of guests on a quest to discover the nature of reality, of spirit, and of consciousness. Each episode will also introduce you to new music that you might never have heard before. You can find the podcast on most platforms. Simply search for Natural Born Alchemist or go directly to naturalbornalchemist.com. There you'll be able to find all the social media links as well. Freedom is in the mind. Welcome back, folks, to Black Hoodie Alchemy. I'm back as well. I hope you enjoyed that little bit with uh, Tippy Pats in there. It was a little difficult to set up, being um, that Tippy really only uses snail mail and all. But I'm glad Justin was able to put that together. So thanks again to Justin for his help there. Pretty soon we'll have Randy Stemp, um, Tippy's resident paranormal investigator, come on. And Randy has been telling me that he's been spending quite a bit of time and has spent quite a bit of time over the years um, at the Central State Hospital in Milledgeville, Georgia, which is known to be one of the most haunted places um, in America, potentially the world. And yeah, I kind of, you know, rolled my eyes when I first heard that. But uh, the story checks out in terms of how absolutely horrific it was. Um, Every single medical imprisonment horror movie or concept you've ever heard of was all in here, except maybe some like high concept sci-fi horror, like if you've seen The Void. That's not in here, (laughs) thank God. As far as I know, God, please don't let that be in the history of Central State Hospital, because it's rough, and I'm sure Randy's going to tell us all about it. But seriously, um, if you've never heard of that, go check out some... Uh, some online footage. Check that place out. It's a, it was one of the. It was at one point the biggest mental asylum in the world. Two thousand acres, two hundred buildings, and just hell on earth essentially. So that'll be interesting to hear, uh, Randy. If he's anything like Tippy, it'll be a, a, a curious take on a on a very trippy subject. So moving forward. Um, I wanted to talk to you today about a man who has tried to own the moon. Actually, apparently he has owned it for quite some time. See, this isn't any crazy journalism here on my part. Uh, This is just simply a Vice article from uh, April 2013. And I'm not going to explain a whole lot to you. I'm just going to dive in, okay? So becoming a planet owner is a lot easier than you apparently might think. Uh, and Dennis M. Hope has been, um, own, he's owned mo- the moon, uh, Mars, 
Venus, Mercury, and Io since uh, 1995. Seems legit. So, Vice. Hi, Dennis. How did you end up owning and selling off chunks of the moon? Dennis M. Hope. I started in 1980 when I was going through a divorce, of course. Um, I was out of money and I thought, maybe I can make some if I own some property. Logical. Then I looked out the window, saw the moon, and thought, hey, there's a load of property. Also logical. So I went to the library, looked up the 1968 Outer Space Treaty, and show enough, Article 2 stated, no nation by appropriation shall have sovereignty or control over any of the satellite bodies. Meaning, apparently, it was unowned land. But how did you acquire it? Vice asks. He says he just filed a claim of ownership um, and uh, for the moon and the other eight planets uh, and their moons and sent it to the United Nations with a note stating that his intent was to subdivide and sell the property to anybody who wanted it. I told them that if they had a legal problem, he says, uh, they should let me know. And apparently they never responded, you guys. Um, shame on them, Dennis says. Strong words. Uh, I've never had a challenge to my claim of ownership by any government on this planet, period. I've had a lot of people telling me that I don't have the right to do this, but that's just their opinion. I wonder if he understands that his right to do it is also his opinion. Because that's, that's the whole linchpin here. Is It's just the fact that he contacted the UN but never heard back from them means that it's like serving someone with uh, like restraining order papers or something. It's like, I served you. What, you're, what you do with this is your problem, but now this is all legal on my end? I don't think that's how owning planets works. Hmm. I'm very curious. Take notes, people. This could help us all out. There's a lot of planets out there that we could all own, right? So how much land have you sold so far? Well, Dennis says, this is the only job I've had since 1995, which is when I started doing this full time. We sold 11 million acres of land on the moon, 325 million acres on Mars, and a combined 125 million acres on Venus, Io, and Mercury. So Vice asks him who's buying this land, and he says everyone is buying this land. Our youngest owner was a newborn in Germany, and our oldest is 97. We have politicians from around the world who are property owners, including three former presidents of the United States. And this part is actually true. Uh, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, and George W. Bush. They didn't buy the properties themselves. Carter and Reagan's aides bought theirs, um, and a customer bought it for George W. Bush. We have customers in 193 countries on this planet, and we're better known than the International Astronomical Union. Well, shit, I don't know who the International Astronomical Union is. Vice. To be honest, I didn't even know what that was until I Googled it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> exactly what I just said. Um, how much... Uh, so how big is the plot of land? How much does it cost? Um, what are some of the rates? The smallest property you can purchase from us is one acre. Okay. So the largest property we sell is what we call a continent piece of property at 5,332,740 acres, which costs over $13 million. And he hasn't sold any of those yet, but he says he sold a lot of 1,800 to 2,000 acre parcels. Um, and he's had 1,800 major corporations on the planet 
purchase property uh, from him with specific intent, including Hilton and Marriott hotels. And that's probably true, at least to some degree, because here, this next question is going to clear up exactly what you're wondering. Um, So are people buying land with this intent, or is it more of a novelty thing? Well, if you look under the true definition of novelty, Dennis says, as being something that is unique, having quality of being novel. Okay, great, great definition. Uh, A small, mass-produced item. Uh, We fit exactly that. I don't really mind people calling it a novelty. In fact, our history shows us that 17% of people buy the product as a novelty item. There's got to be a great deal more. Uh, But we also know that 42% of people register the property in the name of a trust they've set up, meaning they take it more seriously. Or it's some sort of Schitt's Creek scenario where it's a joke gift. Um, Still, I I I could see a lot of hacky... Uh, dad jokes like entrusting acres of the moon to their children absolutely um let's see and of course uh major corporations yeah you kind of mentioned that um has anyone started planning these projects yet for building and such not yet as there is no equitable equitable way to get there and back yet no shit uh yes how are we going to protect this property Oh, well, don't worry. Um, Dennis has some sort of insanely coke-fueled, batshit crazy way to uh, get to do all the moon politics. So check this out. In 2001, I had 163,000 emails from customers asking me that about protection. The conclusion we came to was to set up simple, logical Occam's razor. Let's solve the situation properly, easily. Uh, we're gonna set up. We set up a democratic republic nation called the Galactic Government. It took us three years to write the Constitution, and we put it online in March 2004. And we had 3.7 million property owners and 173,562 votes for ratification. So now we're a fully constitutionally ratified sovereign nation. We currently have diplomacy with 30 governments on this planet who've probably never. Uh, written back to them I'm sure Uh, and we're trying to get as many to recognize us as we can because our intent is to join the International Monetary Fund even though we're not located on earth we have a currency for our government we're the only government that has any backing for its currency whatsoever which are the helium-3 reserves on the moon on the surface of the moon Uh, check this out Dennis is a smart guy we have six quadrillion dollars worth of helium reserves in our treasury right now. Lots of math here. Thank God I don't have to do it. Um, so technically speaking, if anyone wants to land or do anything on the moon, they need your permission, Vice asks him. No, Dennis says, uh, because in the same treaty that I claimed ownership of these properties, there's an article that states, all nations on this planet shall have the right for exploration. So we don't mind if any government goes up and explores. The thing we do mind is when they want to build permanent facilities on the planetary bodies as they don't have the legal right because they don't own the land. But he does because of um, because he basically wrote the United Nations a stand letter, M&M style, and got more and more, uh, instead of like angry and pent up that uh, he was not responded to, he, he took it out on the moon, I guess. 
I mean, it's a great scam. The thing that is crazy to me about this is I don't think this guy thinks he's scamming. And that kind of makes me mad. <laughs> Not mad, mad, but it's like, what? I, don't, I just don't understand. Okay, so if in a century there's a possibility of us building on the moon, what would happen? In 2008, Dennis says the galactic government patented the first ever anti-gravitic proposal system. So they just patented a, a probably not even schematics, just an idea. Um, in essence, this craft could make a trip from Earth to the moon in 30 minutes. We anticipate that all our practical situational problems will be solved in about three to five years. So we're hoping to be on the surface of the moon by 2020, building the first city there. Bit ambitious. This was written in 2013. So he was hoping to have anti-gravity technology to fly to the moon by roughly 2016 to 2018 and be building on the moon by 2020. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> Uh, what's the city going to be like? Vice asks him. Uh, we think it should be a four, um, four-sided pyramid, three kilometers by three kilometers at its base and two and a half in the height, with about sixty-two billion square feet inside of it. Uh, the first two floors will be dedicated to agriculture and livestock, uh, and the agriculture will replenish oxygen in the building. It'll be completely safe. Um, we'll already have staff lined up. And would this be a base for the company? Uh, Dennis says it would hold around 70,000 people and will have everything uh, that you'd find in an Earth city. Very ambitious. Um, um, Dennis talks a little bit about some of his negative response, uh, but the majority of responses have had, um, uh, I've had are very positive. In the 32 years I've been doing this, God, he's been doing this like 40 years now at the time of reading this. Uh, as far as I know, he's still doing it. You could, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, I've had six people asking me for refunds. I've had over um, six million uh, customers. I have over six million customers right now. So that indicates to us that most people are very satisfied with what it is that we're doing. Interesting. And then he um, finishes saying, after all, if it weren't for people wanting to purchase this land, I wouldn't have a business. And he's he's on the money there. Um, so what the hell is going on? I don't know. But as far as I know, you can still you can go purchase stars. You can go purchase land on Mars and moons on Jupiter and our moon. You could be a regular Moonanite, a Moon Lord, and just rule over us all. Or something like the Thunderbolts from Marvel Comics. No, it's not the Thunderbolts. It is, I think, right? Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, so, I mean, if you want to go be a Moon Lord, hit Dennis up. Um, in the meantime, I think that's about all I have for you. I just wanted something extra to... To, to toss into the mix so you had something on the back end here. Um, I got more coming at you soon. More guests. Uh, Randy probably coming on in the near future. Going to be talking. To, uh, we're going to have a heavy metal episode um, here coming soon as well. And I'm really looking forward to that. So this is Black Hoodie Alchemy. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget to check out DiveMind.net, my books, Hunt Manual and Dive Manual, if you like what you heard uh, throughout these episodes. And that'll do me for now.
Take care, folks. Check it out. Yeah, yo, I'm an addict for anything grammatic And you could call it a habit Cause yo, I gotta have it Let the magic flow from the pen Wearing a Merlin's hat Smashing paper with paragraphs Like, let me at it So my mind is fully automatic We hit the stage and turn the crowd into a panic Premeditated verbal murder Courtesy of epidemic Epitome of authentic Some we shit on the synthetic I'm correct to get beheaded If I said it, I meant it I'm demented Your attempts are futile and just pathetic Two texts in a hex Shit, believe you vex from the fanatics Got a fetish Fucking up rappers today diminish the Minister, witness, bear witness, the menace, the minister in the realness. All you need is air up in your lungs to fill this, and a thirst that cannot be quenched with nothing less than illness. The blunt pillars, revealers of a higher consciousness. Spit lines, terrorize yeah. minds. Yo, the science is real, so I'm sick of all your rah rah rah. It's Armageddon when my squad flies high. Motherfucker, we the stealth bombs. We rain hell when the scales monsters. Frail niggas to get held high. Science is real, so I'm sick of all your rah rah rah. It's Armageddon when my squad flies high. Cause motherfucker, we the stealth bombs. We rain hell when the scales monsters Frail niggas Yo, get held It's like a comet when I struck the sequence The word to speak are known for duck and weakness The shit you touch is known for clubs, love and fucking sweetness Meaning you might bleed, leaving your tight breathe Leading through light speed, feeding you mic schemes You motherfuckers must be high as hell My flows can show you facts when science fails You lanes wait to share the same fate the minds felt The last time I swung, Goliath fell I smacked your clientele and wet you with the iron from Orion's belt I'm sure with no resistance How many of you cats could go the distance Without your mental Engine blowing pistons. I pitch a plan, breaks your man's fake. So fuck the handshakes. And as I take you through these verbal landscapes, check, check. the structure my urban clan makes. Uh. Before the fan base, I pitch those since I drank glaze, carved in diverted sand quakes. Uh. And if you smoke, then I suggest you take a slow drag and check the path to surf you yeah. from your no pass. Yeah. So I'm sick of yeah. all your rah rah rah. It's on again when my squad flies high. Motherfucker, we the stealth bombs. We rain hell when the scales monsters. Frail niggas to get held high. Science is real. So I'm sick of all your rah rah rah. Armageddon when my squad flies high Cause motherfucker we the stealth bombers yeah. We rain hell when the scales monsters Frail niggas to get held high Now I should drop these flames Catch a photograph that could crop each frame Of the uh. bloodshed There's a story behind each stain My thunderous verses of turbulence could drop each plane I'm sure that you heard that we murder shit with concrete veins It's hex tech and dream tech The best rep in e set Your best best to ease stress and step vex and meet death And greet the shit. people of your fate Go I sit my fist between the place of your eyes and your nose The doctor have to reconstruct your face Fuck uh. a letter straight Fuck you travel like an interstate trucker Let the steak flood at the base and have a great supper I suffer from terminal illness A permanent kill switch Construct the clutter, my journal will brilliant some caustic So my strategy clashes with objects A past I have a malady fashion With concepts I brag like Would you actually last when I bomb shit? I'm laughing as the galaxy is crashing So I'm sick of all your rah, rah, rah It's Armageddon when my squad flies high This motherfucker be the stealth bombers We rain hell when the scale's monstrous Frail niggas to get held High science is real, so I'm sick of all your rah rah rah. It's Armageddon when my squad flies high, cause motherfucker, we the stealth bombers. Yeah, can we the stealth bombers? Uh. Stealth bombers, stealth bombers.